The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome into Off Topic Tuesday, the show that you never knew you wanted and didn't ask for, but we're <laughs> but we're here anyway. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. And we have a new voice joining us today, but you know her work from BleedingGreenNation.com. You can follow her on Twitter at Lovely Buckeye. She is Alexis Chasen. Alexis, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to finally be on the show. And we are excited to have you. It's nice to bring on some new voices. So for those not familiar with Off Topic Tuesday, this is kind of a day, even though I'm bald, where we kind of let our hair down and uh, just talk about stuff from around the league. This time, uh, we took some Twitter mailbag questions from you guys. So me and Alexis are going to be answering those for you. Before we do that, though, Breaking news as we're recording this, because we're recording it on Monday night during the Jets and Lions Monday night football game. Sam Darnold comes out in his NFL debut and in his first career throw, throws a pick six. What a time to be alive for Jets fans. Alexis, what were your thoughts on that? It looked so similar to his last game in a USC jersey against <laughs> Ohio State earlier this year. Are you Are you a Sam Darnold fan or... No, I'm pretty sure I was very, he's overrated. And I think the Jets really messed up trading Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I'm a big Teddy Bridgewater fan. Who is your, did you have a QB1? Were you into the draft like that? Like, who were the other quarterbacks in the draft? (laughs) I feel like they were all sort of equally bad. And since we got Carson Wentz, I sort of didn't care. Yeah, once you get your franchise quarterback, if you're not like a big draft person, you really don't have to worry about quarterbacks in that life. I'm watching the game right now, and what I was doing was I'm switching between the English and Spanish commentary, and let me tell you, it is hype on ESPN2 (laughs) right now. (laughs) These dudes are like super excited, Uh, and we're excited about this Off Topic Tuesday, so what we're going to do is we're going to get to the Twitter mailbag, 
And uh, let's see who we can start it off with here. Let's start start with, I'm going to kill these names, by the way. I am sorry, gentle listener, if I murder your name, but part of my bit is aggressively mispronouncing names. And if you have a non-conventional name, it is going to get slaughtered on this show. So let's start with a real tough one here. Alistair Fillingham, at Al Fillingham. Uh, his question is, my girlfriend broke up with me the night of the Falcons game. What level of drinking during the Bucks game will ensure I remember all five of Foles' inevitable TD bombs, but forget her cold, wretched, broken promises? There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yes, I love this question so much. And my advice would be it's not so much what level of drinking, but what you're drinking. So mm. if you want to remember the game, have a good time, forget everything else. Maybe beer's the way to go. If you want to forget everything, then, you know, <laughs> some liquor, maybe some Jack Daniels, and you'll have a good time that way too. Yeah, my, my thinking is, so when I was in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, each night me and the boys would go to this lovely place called Veets. My night at Veets always started with four double tall vodka Red Bulls. So there's your script, uh, Alistair, for the first quarter. Uh, the rest, just like calling a football game, is kind of based on feel. So go wild, but don't slow yourself down with beer unless it's some high octane stuff. Um, it's mostly just empty calories. But yeah, the, the first quarter script should be four Double tall, Red Bull and Vodkas, that'll get you going to Blackout City in no time. Um, but you'll still be running on pure instincts due to the Red Bull. And you remember, you'll remember most of the touchdowns. Uh, day drinking, I found, has about a 30% slower burn to blacking out, which is just science. And uh, you cannot disprove that. I always just fall asleep randomly and pass out like way before everyone else. So you should probably <laughs> listen to your advice. <laughs> Did you did you do a bunch of tailgating? Oh yeah. I mean it gradually, you know, went down because as you know, as I got older, I couldn't quite hang with the young folks anymore. But but yeah, I definitely <laughs> do my fair share of hanging out on game day Saturdays in Columbus. They they do know how to do that here, that's for damn sure. Have you missed any games because of uh, it? more than one. <laughs> like kegs <laughs> and eggs started at like five or six oh. AM. And so, you know, for like a 3.30 game, it was just torture. Like at least for like a night game, you would start a little later in the morning and, you know, you, you got yeah. some sleep. But a noon game, it was just game over. Yeah, donezo. Okay, this next one is from Peter Hoffman at hoflax24. What began the eight-year streak without a bad day? So just for a reference point here, if you guys haven't listened to the Kistin Solak show, don't know what you're doing with your lives, but I always introduce my co-host Benjamin Solak as Mr. Eight-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. I can't speak for Ben, but I'm going to take a stab at this. But Alexis, I want you to try first. What do you think the eight-year streak uh, started out with? What bad thing happened to make him have a bad day? I want to say, like, he's just such a like a happy guy like maybe a bad haircut <laughs> like that would just be like a really bad day like oh so you think he's gone eight years without a bad haircut you know that could everything's good as long as your hair's good right okay so here here's what i theorized happened so eight years ago ben was on a family outing at the cinema and on the walk home he and his parents accidentally ventured into a notoriously rough neighborhood and were accosted by a mugger not content to merely rob the wealthy Solak family, the hoodlum, whose identity was never determined, shot both of his parents before fleeing into the darkness. 
and as he knelt beside his parents' bodies, Ben swore to avenge them. And having been the worst day ever, Ben started his streak of good days and good deeds. If he doesn't finish every podcast now with, I'm Batman, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> I think I think, I think, think that's it, though. I think I nailed it. I think I know Ben enough uh, after the years of being with him to know something like that for him is like a bad day because normal stuff. I mean, I've seen him get absolutely shredded on Twitter and he's got like the thickest skin of anyone I've ever known. How do you take, how do you take Twitter criticism, Alexis? Does it really bug you or can you kind of brush it off? It depends. If it's something I did wrong, like a factual error in a writing piece, uh, I get like hives all over and I like get really (laughs) uncomfortable in my skin for about 30 minutes. But if it's just like, oh, you suck, you're a girl. I'm like, okay, well, not not really anything I can do about that. So (laughs) just move on. How are are the uh, Bleeding Green Nation commenters with you typically? Because they can they can be up and down for me. I could I could take them. Yeah, I think for the most part, pretty good. The very first comment on like my very first article was like, who the hell is this chick? And then there was this like very <laughs> awkward thread of, I think she's married. Oh, well, that's a bummer. And then it like continued on. And I was like, all right, well, things took a left turn somewhere. But, but you know, Goodness. yay, Eagles. <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep it with the Eagles talk. We'll go with uh, Seamus at Seamus underscore Clancy. How many current Eagles should make the Eagles own Hall of Fame? And I thought about this before the show when I saw it. And I'm going to go Carson Wentz. Yes. Jason Peters. Yes. Lane Johnson. Yes. Jason Kelsey. Oh, okay. I didn't have him. I mean, he has to after that speech, I feel like. Yeah, just for the speech alone. Fletcher Cox. Yep. Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, I was wondering, I guess for him, he would, because I'm sort of still on the fence with him and Sproles. Like, are they going to retire Eagles? Are they going to retire right. Saints? Yeah, because they do. They did kind of split time there. I feel like Malcolm's going to going to accrue enough time here yeah. uh, to be able to be able to get that. Did you have anyone outside of who I had? No, I think that was actually it. Oh, no, I had Zach Ertz. That was my last guy. Oh, Zach Ertz is a good one. Because yeah, he's yeah. been here the whole time. I feel like, you know, he's like the Brent Sel- the new Brent Selleck. See, I, t- I totally slept on Zach Ertz there. That's disappointing. So yeah, we're throwing Zach Ertz. So for me, that puts me at one, two, three, four, five, six, and that and Ertz would make seven. So I like that. Seven's a good number. Not bad for one roster to have seven Hall of Famers on it for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. No, that looks pretty good. Uh, Paparog at Raw G Moto. If the Eagles can only afford to keep one, would you rather keep Ronald Darby or Brandon Graham? I'm of the opinion that pass rush is king. And I want guys, and I want to pay guys, that throw from, protect, or attack seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. I fully believe in that old adage. I don't understand people that want that like are defending the Khalil Mack trade. So I'm probably keeping Brandon Graham. That said, Darby is much younger, and I think that I, I did a full evaluation on him in the summer, and I felt like he had the potential to have a Pro Bowl season uh, with a full, healthy offseason, his second year in the system here with Jim Schwartz. He played excellent um, against the Atlanta Falcons, and some of the throws that are going to go in his stat line weren't necessarily his fault either. Alexis, who are you keeping? Uh, it's a little hard to say, but Brandon Graham is the only University of Michigan alum that I'm a big fan of. And I would <laughs> definitely keep him. Like you said, the pass rush is just so critical. And I feel like you could tell the difference with him being back on the field in Thursday's game against Atlanta, like his just renewed energy with him missing some of training camp and some of, you know, the off season workouts. It's just, he, he mm. brings such a, 
such a difference to the team. Or with Khalil Mack last night against Green Bay, there's no way that Aaron <laughs> Rodgers would have been that stifled that early without that man. He was he was absolute man on fire. There there was actually a question about Khalil Mack too. Let me see if I can uh, let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, from David Woods at David Wo W O three four two. Three three nine five one. That's a lot of Davis <laughs> that you that were in front of you, bud. Um, would you have paid Khalil Mack the money that he wanted? Uh, look, and you're never going to hear me defend that trade. No amount of heat or clicks are worth my soul. What he had a force fumble. He had an interception return for a touchdown, a sack as well. The guy's an absolute beast. Alexis, you wouldn't entertain that trade either if you were the if you were the Raiders, right? Not at all. And like. I guess I could understand if it were a team sort of in the Eagles situation where you've got a lot of talent and not a lot of money, but it's not like the Raiders were any worse off than the Bears. They both have a ton of money. They both need a ton of talent. So why would you give it to somebody else? Yeah. And then you're betting that those two first round picks are, are going to replace him. And then you're going to have to pay them down the line anyway. I th- Like to me, this is all about like John Gruden's ego. Oh, yeah. It being his team, because I've lived in the Tampa, Tampa, Florida area for a while there are still tons of people that put that super bowl on tony dungy and don't give john grudem the credit for it because he won it with dungy's team i think this is his way of saying if i'm going to win it i'm going to do it with my team and i don't know i think i think everyone should have known that like gruden wasn't going to be good when he said like we all need to play like it's 1998 again. Like, no, we don't. Like, that was the biggest red flag, like, two yeah. days after signing a 10-year, $100 million contract. Like, I want to play the same way I did 30, 20 years ago. Like, no, the game has evolved. You're not going to win if you do that. But sure, go ahead. Have fun. What's wild is he was visiting all these colleges and he's talking to all these different uh, brilliant college minds and you're thinking he's going to come with, like, this renewed game plan uh, that's, like – hyper modern and and you know really based off some of the college stuff like that we saw in kansas city yesterday and it's and it's not and it's and it and him saying that is just yeah that blows well, my you mind. can't do that and say you can't say i want to be like the college ranks but then say i don't want to do analytics like <laughs> those two things also don't go together like right. that's what college football <laughs> is doing that's what they're doing well yeah Ugh, it makes no sense he really irritates me <laughs> yeah. He is he for a while and only recently did his image start to get repaired here in Tampa because he was on Monday Night Football and people got to sit back and enjoy him a little bit, put some distance between it. But here in Tampa, man, towards the end and like maybe five years after that, he was hated here. Absolutely hated here. The way he treated the media was garbage. And they're going to find out in Oakland real quick. Okay, moving on. We've got Mark Smith at Bumble underscore Smith. Who would win in a fight, a horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? And let's spend conservatively the next four hours on this one question, Alexis. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I don't know that there's a simple way to answer that. <laughs> like, are the 100 ducks, like, oh, they wouldn't be glued together. That would be crazy. But how would they 100 duck-sized Because, like, 100 horses? duck bills would probably hurt more than, like, a giant duck bill but then also, like, what kind of horses? Like, are we talking ponies? Are we talking like gigantic <laughs> mustangs? Like, I need more information here. Let's call it a let's call it a mustang. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I can't wrap my brain around this. I think I'm gonna go with the gigantic duck because I feel like you can be agile and run away from it and like go under it a little. You know, really. 
make it work to find you versus like a hundred ducks. Like, where are you going to go? <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll go with, we'll go with that. I think that's the best answer we're going to get out of that. Cause my brain is just frozen. The visual that. though I'm trying to, is yeah. really incredible. Like if you give yourself yeah. a minute to just picture the two scenarios. All right. So Chris Carbaugh at duh underscore C, C train. Wow. Okay. What's the official soda of choice for the BGN podcast? Um, it's not a soda, but this show has been brought to you by Bang Energy. I'm all banged up. Uh, Alexis, <laughs> what's your <laughs> what's your favorite uh what's your favorite soda of choice? Uh, recently, it's been root beer because I'm super into root beer floats and anything else that goes with ice cream. You should try a delicious Bang Energy. That's uh, I think it was at Root Beer Blaze oh. is the one that they have. Does, is it yeah. like energy fueling? Like, am I going to stay up for five more hours? Oh, it's super aggressive. It's like two pots of coffee oh, in a can. Well, that's really exactly <laughs> what I need after my three coffees that I have during the day. So that's perfect. I'm a, I'm a two pot a day guy, and before that, I was drinking Bang Energies. I was drinking like two in a day and like when i stopped i started getting these really bad caffeine headaches and i was like oh okay it's probably it's probably bad versus like stopping it's like okay i'll just drink more or drink drink more again you got to get rid of the headache somehow right exactly <laughs> hair of the dog and all that all right neil dutton what's up neil at n dutton 13 what is the best sequel in movie history godfather part two and terminator two are obvious favorites but any others um alexis i don't know if you're like me i've never been able to get through the godfather uh no it's actually on my dvr because i was going to give it one more go like you know <laughs> gotta take him to the mattresses like i'm ready but i feel like <laughs> i just haven't been able to make it yeah i've tried so many times and i just i fall asleep man i i feel like i'm missing something like amazing and i probably am and that's cool and everything but i haven't made it through that i haven't made it through lord of the rings so i can't say any of those um terminator 2 is okay uh actually the raid 2 is mine final answer um the indonesian kung fu flick i watch a lot of international okay. movies and uh that one is pretty amazing it has a super long continuous shot that's that's excellent um what about you do you have any sequels that you are partial to toy story 2 was a close one for me as well I'm just well not the there. uh I'm partial to not Pixar. the international one that you had mentioned <laughs> that is not on my list <laughs> but i would argue terminator 2 is probably one of the better sequels to a movie but I like how terribly bad, like, the Jurassic Park sequels are. Like, they're so bad, they're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love those movies. Do you, do you listen to um, How Did This Get Made with, with um, Paul Shear and, um, uh, oh, jeez, uh, the dude, no. uh, Rafi from The League? No, but I feel like I need to. Yeah, so Andre and Rafi from The League have a podcast called uh, How Did This Get Made? I think there are about 190-something episodes in there. And... They have these long episodes on bad movies that are actually good. And then sometimes they just have like Cuckoo Bonkers movies um, like Crank or uh, Devil's Advocate uh, with Crazy Al Pacino. But they also do stuff that's just like like just awful, like stuff you got to find on YouTube and it's super cheesy and stuff like that. So I've watched some terrible movies like, I don't know, like Howard the Duck and whatnot just because they've had a podcast about nice. it. It's it's incredible. Oh, yeah. I that's the like the best. All right. So we've got, let's see here, Joseph Triglov at Joe Triglov. Which team's week one display was the most concerning slash unexpected for their respective team? Dak Prescott 
and the entire Bills roster should about cover that one for me. The Bills just don't have an NFL offense. And Dak looked like a lost puppy backup on Sunday. But we covered that on BGN Radio number seven with me and BLG. Uh, Who do you think crapped the bed in week one, Alexis? I have to agree with the Bills. They're always kind of bad. This was a whole new level. I thought they were going to get a little bit better. And they did not show any signs of improvement. But I was also surprised by the Steelers. Like, I know that they have some internal struggles and the Browns are up and coming, but you tied. You tied the Browns in the season opener. Like, what are you doing? And they always have road trouble like that, which is why you could kind of see it coming. And good for the Browns for snapping their losing streak by not winning. But um, the Bills, the, the reason behind the Bills not starting Josh Allen, the way I understood it, was that the offensive line is so bad that they wanted to save him from the beating. So they basically conceded the season. But then but then I look, and in the third quarter with 10 minutes left, they're down 40 to nothing, and they bring in Josh Allen where you have to pass for like the rest of the – none of it made any sense to me. What are they doing in Buffalo? No, the, I, I don't the get The decision-making was – questionable at like the least and then and then you have ryan fitzpatrick down in tampa bay lighting crap up like what is going on okay so let's see yeah oh yeah ryan fitzpatrick where did that come from like i know he went to harvard and everything like that breaking news um he went oh. to harvard and he's a super smart quarterback he's a super <laughs> you just you auto, yeah, it's visceral. <laughs> like oh he's a super smart quarterback who in 15 years hasn't yeah. been really the starting quarterback and he's just been the fill-in for every team he's ever been on but that's fine and he's torching the saints <laughs> he torched torching him. it was so bad deshaun jackson had like and uh marshawn latimore got roasted too which was yeah, fun this... so i asked blg i'll ask you are the saints some frauds because they ain't played nobody yeah maybe a little bit uh let's see here we've got let's oh the other question from uh raw g moto that i wanted to get into there was a second part to his he asked if we would keep darby or graham he said, also for Michael Kist NFL, that's me, what is your favorite historical period to read about? Roman history, before and after uh, Caesar crosses the Rubicon, is the bee's knees for me. Excuse me, I'm Alexis, totally into it. Out for a second here. Oh, cool. Good, good, good. So Rome around 49 BC is it for me. There's a lot of interesting characters, interesting battles, uh, all the political machinations. You're talking about Caesar, Crassus, Pompey, Marius, Sulla slightly before that. Uh, who else? Uh, Cicero is a favorite because we have all of his letters. Cato the Younger, the stubborn statesman, throw in some Cleopatra. And then later on, you get Mark Antony versus Augustus, who my baby boy is named after, a little, little teeny tiny baby Augustus. So it's got everything, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and with the set to the backdrop of the hippie uprising. It's fantastic. There's a great series if you have Amazon Prime, HBO's Rome. Are you a history nerd or are you falling to sleep right now? I am a history nerd. I was going to say my favorite time is like the Minoans, all the lost cultures, like from Greece and Italy from like super way back in the day. Oh, that's my favorite. But I just love the super, super ancient. Oh, yeah. Like where the hell they'd go. Very nice. Is Atlantis a real city? Uh, Yes, but it wasn't Atlantis. Like, I don't think that was the name of it, but I think there was a lost like a city back in the time and then a huge tsunami or some kind of world event happened and then it sank or you know was like destroyed but i think a huge culture like that that was way ahead of its time probably did exist now you said you like the history channel so i want to see if 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 this link is happening right now because this is where my head is going did aliens make that city (laughs) (laughs) well 
ancient alien theorists say. Uh, I'm not convinced, but I like watching about it. Yeah, no, I like the guy with the crazy hair. He's awesome. Oh my gosh, it gets bigger every year. Like <laughs> one day it's going to be on the ceiling. I'm, I love it. Awesome. All right, uh, Jack at Jack P. Lamb, least favorite Eagles players of all time. Freddie Mitchell annoys the hell out of me. He was on Millionaire Matchmaker one year, like a no Bravo way. show. Yeah, it was bad. It was tort. I was like, I feel like that guy looks familiar. It's <laughs> <And laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's just as embarrassing as you'd think he'd be. So let's see here. Let me see if I have any other questions. Oh, wait, mine was here. Riley Cooper. Wait, well, okay, so was it before or after the whole Kenny Chesney thing? Before and after. Like, he wasn't good Ooh. enough. To like have a sort of controversy like that and be like, oh, he's probably not that crappy of a guy. <laughs> it's like, no, he's that crappy of a guy. He was before. Now we really know he is. I wasn't sad to see him go. That's for sure. And he got that. They gave that stupid contract in the middle of Chip Kelly gutting the roster. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's probably what like pissed me sense. off the most. Is it's like you yeah. send away all these other guys and you extend. Riley Cooper, like, what are you doing? All right, uh, Sean Lamont at 11 the Goat. Uh, how did you feel seeing Green Bay let Rodgers go back in there after that knee injury? How would you feel if they did that with Carson? Alexis, what would your reaction be if Carson had a scare, knock on wood, if Carson had a scare and they put him back in the game? Well, first of all, I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to die out there. Like, I mean, he like, <laughs> came back out and it was great and everything, but it's like, what are you doing? That was clearly a problem if you needed to cart it off. And you know something like, I don't want to say shady happened in the locker room, but he got an injection. He got a pill. <laughs> something happened where he was able to come back. And to be fair, Carson went, that did happen. He tore his ACL and still threw a touchdown before walking to the sideline. I still can't get over that. And he walked to the locker room. He's like the baddest ass guy ever. Speaking of that that reminds me because you're the biggest Cameron Johnston fan on the on the planet, the punter for the Eagles. Yes. Explain your love affair for him and how deep your love goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's pretty obvious that he was a Buckeye, so that's top, you know, first and foremost. But he's also really good. Like coming from Australia, he had to learn you know from rugby style kicking to American style cook kicking, and then. He had to change again because Ohio State swapped like two or three years in. They switched how they wanted him to do it. So I think mm -hmm. he really has the talent to be able to do multiple punts. And I'm just going to talk about punts for 30 minutes because I could talk about punters <laughs> forever. Who, who is your favorite all-time punter not named Cameron Johnston? Because mine is Reggie Roby because he wore, the, uh, he wore the Rolex when he punted. And that is a boss Ooh, move. Yeah, right well, you can't, you can't hate that. Oh my gosh, who is the Raiders kicker who they sent to Denver this year? Oh, Marquette King. I love him. Yes! He's hilarious. He has yeah. the best time on the field. My favorite players are the ones that have the most fun. And he's also good, you know, so you can actually be like, yeah, as long as he's having fun, I'm having fun. Do you remember when they cut him and there were some there were Eagles fans, including myself and Benjamin Solak, that wanted Marquette King to come here? Who would you pick if you had to choose Alexis to make this team, Cameron Johnston or Marquette King? Cameron Johnston. And I didn't even hesitate. I've been fighting <laughs> BLG all offseason about this and all of his like projected 53-man rosters. I was like, you, Cam Johnston is making it. You Don't tell me he's not. But uh, I think yeah. he's actually good. I mean, I think he's proven a little bit more with his like 81-yard punt and you know some of his longer kicks and being able to get it to stick in the 10 yard line that 
he's worth it. I feel like I can hear you laughing at me for talking about punting this much. <laughs> Look, I was I was a big believer in Cameron Johnston too. I, I had him pegged to make this team the entire time. When Donnie Jones retired, I was like, we're fine, everyone. We've got Cameron Johnston on the practice yes. squad. He worked. Plus, you guys here. talked about it one time. His girlfriend, Tia Williams, is hilarious and roasts him all the time, and it's great. We got one more question, Alexis. Jason at Ghostwriter605. One-ply or two-ply toilet paper, which do you prefer? I don't know why I would ever be in North Korea, and that's the only place where I would be where I guess I would expose myself to one-ply because that's just not a choice. Or maybe if I was survival camping, if I had one-ply, I'd probably go get a branch. I don't know. I mean, just if you got one-ply, you might as well just – I don't mean to be crass, Alexis. Please excuse me, but you might as well use your hand. Yeah, I mean, what's the point? Like it's it's two flyer bust really exactly take a shower <laughs> <laughs> just jump in the lake if you're camping just go do yeah. anything else but use one ply all right Alexis uh, thank you so much for joining me on this off topic Tuesday is there anything that you want to say to the gentle listeners before we uh, before we sign off oh, just thanks for having me it was fun I hope to be back I'm gonna pester you until you let me come back. Of course, Alexis, that won't be a problem. Don't worry about it. Okay, so remember, go rate, review, leave five stars, leave your funny reviews in the uh, in, in the reviews there, and maybe me and Ben will read them out loud on the next Kist and Solak show. The next Kist and Solak show will be tomorrow. We'll be breaking down the All-22, the coaches film that dropped for the Falcons and Eagles game, getting into all the nerdy details about that. I've also got, and I'm not making any promises here, but it is scheduled. I'm talking with Duke Mannyweather from OL Masterminds. Uh, you might know him from uh, Lane Johnson uh, clips from the offseason working with him. So that is going to be a fun chat. Of course, we have our regular previews coming up for the game. BGN Radio with John Stolness and Brandon Lee Gowton. Me and me and Ben will be doing our previews uh, as well. So we've got you covered every which way. Plus, Trevor Sikama from Pewter Report is going to join us this week. We're going to get an outside voice to talk Ooh, about the Tampa Bay good. Buccaneers after their stunning. Yeah, I love Trevor. He's the man. Um, but yeah, we're bringing an outside voice to talk about the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we can try to figure out what the hell happened in Week One that made them play like Superman on offense. So all that is coming your way on bleeding green nation we all we got we all we need fly eagles fly Hey guys, this is John Stolness from the Good Fight and the Phillies podcast Hitting Season. Man, the 2018 season was well, it was interesting anyway, and the upcoming offseason looks to be even more interesting. So if you want to stay up to date on all things Phillies this offseason, subscribe to the Good Fight podcast feed and get my podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. And you'll get bonus podcasts every time big news is made with the team. Seriously, if you want to stay up to date on everything revolving around your favorite baseball team as they return to contention, make sure you are subscribed to the Good Fight podcast feed. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. 
To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. 